What is up? Welcome to What Lies Beneath, a Seattle Kraken podcast. And holy smokes, we got a hockey team and we got a lot to talk about. My name is Jeff Januzic and this is... Joey Cirillo. What's up, man? How are you? I am emotionally exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, look, I'm going to put this really quickly. Here's what this podcast is all about. Obviously, the Seattle Kraken, the newest team to the NHL. Um, I've been a hockey fan my whole life. Joey, you are from? From Washington State, born and raised. Into hockey until the Seattle Kraken popped up. But you really don't know much other than what you've learned so far in this short NHL season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Like, And to your point, like a lot of Seattle Kraken fans, I never had a way into the NHL. Now the Seattle Kraken are here. I'm deep diving into it, no pun intended. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, trial by fire. Well, here's what's awesome is this podcast is for Seattle Kraken fans, for hockey fans. But I can tell you that if you are new to hockey, like a lot of Kraken fans are, like Joe Kraken, the NHL, hockey culture, uh, we're going to learn about hockey. So don't feel intimidated uh, about having to know everything about hockey to understand what goes on in this podcast. This is the podcast for you to have some fun. And uh, let's get into it, man. Wow. We have got our first Seattle Kraken games in the books. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Monday. I don't even know what, what the date is. Uh, 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 October 18th. Game four, uh, unfortunately- just, game four just wrapped up. Unfortunately, maybe fortunately or unfortunately, um, your Kraken lost tonight. Uh, the final score was six to one in Philadelphia. They are on an uh, epic road trip to start the season. And, um, you know, I, I would, I would, I have my, I, I said when we started this, I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. And I stand by that. Joey, you're new to hockey and new to the Kraken. What are you feeling? I know you said you're emotionally wrecked, but like, how do you feel about this team? Do you know what to think about this team yet? Yeah. Um, I still, I don't have a feel for the team um, as a whole yet. It's pretty evident that they are still kind of trying to find their identity, which is completely understandable. Um, The emotional side of it for me isn't just this specific game. I have no problem. You know, there's 82 games in a season. So if they have a game um, every so often that, that looks like this, I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. Um, and they are also, you know, in the first week and a half, two weeks of the season, playing a little bit over 10% of their entire road games over the course of a season. They've traveled over 4,000 miles in a week and a half. It was the fourth start in a row for Gru. So there were a lot of, if you take kind of even before the puck drop tonight against Philadelphia, if you take everything into kind of context, into the context of the situation, you can't really be too surprised by this. Um, you know, a win is nice, but. It is what it is. So here's what's cool. If you are just learning about the game and what's going on, uh, we are in the Pacific Division. The Kraken are in, in the division with like the Oilers, the Canucks. I mean, right now, as we stand, we're in second place. Okay, so, you know, if you're looking at the the official stats, the Kraken have won a game. They've lost two and they have an overtime loss, which we may have to explain, which is it's a little strange, but uh, very have, confusing. A lot of text to you. <laughs> they, so in, in the NHL, in hockey, you try to get points, right? As a team, you're trying to get points. And that's how you are ranked in your division, right? And there's four main divisions and there's two conferences in the NHL. But, uh, you know, a win is worth two points. 
A loss is worth nothing, obviously. If you make it to overtime, so if you end the game you know, tied and you go to overtime, you are going to walk away with at least one point. So at that point in the game, you could win the game and you'll get two points for your team. But if you're the losing team, you get one. So the Kraken right now have three points in the Pacific Division uh, tied with the Vancouver Canucks. And the Edmonton Oilers are undefeated with uh, two two uh, wins, and they are standing at four points. So it's very early. Um, as somebody who's been watching NH- the NHL and hockey my whole life, I can tell you that first game against the Vegas Knights, that was so impressive because they came out super flat, right? Well, they, they were, they were, they were they, in the first period, they, they dominated for like five minutes. And then the rest of the period, they just got squashed. And I think, I think they went down, it was like three, nothing, or maybe it was three, one going into the second. Oh, yeah, it was three, nothing. Yeah, yeah, you had it. So anyway, the way that team rallied and the way they, they played with confidence and they learned how to adapt to what the Knights, the golden Knights were throwing at them. Uh, was really impressive to see the energy of that night, the opening night. They just, it just, I really felt like they put a big Seattle Kraken flag right into the face, like the forehead of the NHL and said, we are here. We're a solid team. I was super excited about that. So I honestly, after that, that, that opening night game, I I was pretty pumped. I I was not super worried about what's going to happen. I mean, they don't even have a, a game at, climate change arena under their belt yet you know and and that's such a different vibe so right now they're on this huge um you know they're going all the way to the east coast and they're just coming they're coming back and it's it's a lot it's a lot for a new team to try to figure out who they are and play so like i'm not even worried at all about you know what's going to happen they got to play you know tomorrow night the tuesday the uh the 19th they've got to play in new jersey so they're doing great i think this is awesome so uh, you should be excited about this team Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head. The first game, that was best case scenario for a loss, especially, you know, the NHL is not doing the crack in any favors. You're opening up on the road in Las Vegas against a team that is, um, you know, they're going for a championship this year. And uh, like you said, being down 3 nothing and coming back, taking the victory in Nashville, um, the overtime loss, to Columbus, which I texted you because I had no idea that garnered us a point. And I also had no idea that it fell into a different category. Like at that point, they were one, one, and one. So these are all things that I'm learning on the fly. Tonight did not look good. I'm actually more um more curious to see how this team rebounds to play New Jersey tomorrow night, like you said, because tonight was a bad, you know, was a bad loss. I'm sure the team is completely exhausted. I'm sure Drieger gets to start tomorrow. Really curious to see how the team responds, how they play tomorrow night, and also knowing that tomorrow is the last game on this kind of road trip um, swing throughout America. Um, again, going thousands you know, I, of miles think, before uh, they finally get to play was, in the arena. Get a little the bit team of break. was flat. They got a lot going on. I, I think that you know Philip Grubauer can only do so much. He's the goalie, right? So he's trying to stop pucks. And it's it, it, maybe you're a baseball fan, and maybe you're 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 uh, into the Kraken now and here you are trying to learn about hockey it's kind of like having your ace pitcher and using him every single night the whole game right and it's different in baseball I I, I understand baseball it's a little different but it's kind of that same philosophy so you know I think tonight was uh, a lot of Philip Grubauer Grub being tired right he can't stand on his head which means you know 
kicks some butt every single night. And he has kept them, you know, really he's, he's the biggest reason that they've been super competitive as, as, as the rest of the team tries to figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, and they do it well. He's still been Mr. Dependable there, you know, so um, he needs to get a rest and I'm sure he will. And he's got to be ready to, uh, you know, open up the season at home later on this week. So, um, you know, again, I'm not super worried about tonight and it's so early. I mean, they've got four games gone. There's just, there's just so much. So let me ask you this, Joey, who are you watching? Who are you pumped up about on the Kraken team, the squad? Who's getting you fired up right now? What do you, who are you into? There's, and I feel like this is kind of the consensus for the, I'm not speaking on behalf of the entire Seattle Kraken fan base by any means, but the excitement around Tanev and he's again, somebody that I believe we brought up in our first episode, but um, you know, leading the team in scoring right now, which is kind of a joke. In fact, after the overtime loss to Columbus, you saw Haxtell, the head coach in the locker room afterwards, um, kind of cheering Tanev and everyone was cheering for him too, which is great. They're very excited, but you know, not a guy that you would expect to lead the team team in scoring right now. Again, very long season, but he's just a character. Like there's just something so freaking lovable about this guy, whether it's like the flowing locks or the the looks that he has on his face, or just also like the intensity that he plays with when he hits the ice. A lot of times, um, you know, he's he's on the third line for the crack and he's just He's so energetic and entertaining and fun to watch. And I called it, man. I told you when it was in preseason, I forgot what teammate of his was giving an interview and Tanev comes out from behind the curtain. And I don't know if he was like getting ready to hit the showers or just came out, but he's like only in underwear. And he's like trying to cover himself up. And everyone's like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's just, he's just a character. And it's uh to see, to, but to also see the energy and everything that he brings to the ice as well, it's easy to see why people are rallying around him. And I'm really, really tempted to have my first official Kraken sweater actually be his, but instead of Tanev, get Turbo on the back. What do you think? No, no, <laughs> no. Don't do, don't do the Turbo. I, I don't. Oh no. come on! I, I'm, okay. a, I'm a traditionalist right. when it comes to jerseys. I mean, look. Okay, fair. See, and I don't, I don't know if there's like these, these unspoken no, no. hockey that, rules. So this no, is no, good. no it, it's personality wise. I mean, you know, you go to a game, you're gonna see jersey, you're gonna, you're gonna see, you know, I, I was, um, um, shoot, I'm totally, we're, we're recording a little late, so I'm totally blanking out. Oh my god, uh beast mode. Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch. Was, he at the, was he at a game? Yeah. In, at the game in Nashville, wearing his uh, beast mode jersey. So I saw I saw the photo that you're talking about, and yeah, he did have beast mode on the back of a Kraken sweater. And I don't, I'm not sure if he was at an actual game or not, but I I know what you're saying. You, there was the photo yeah. circulating, and it was beast mode. I wouldn't be surprised if actually if it wasn't in, in Las Vegas, but either way, he was somewhere repping the Kraken pretty hard, just doing what Marshawn Lynch does, which just kind of hold it down, and everyone always loves him. Well, when it comes best. to jerseys, you know, like I'm a traditionalist. I like just the last name you know, on the jersey that I'm going to get of the player that I want to get. Sure. Um, but dude, do you, if you want to get turbo on the back, you know, that's, I'm not going to judge. I'm, I'm I live and let live is what, how I say, but, um, you know, back, <laughs> you know, okay, back to, that. you know, Brandon Tanev, um, he is a, a personality. And the thing that I love the most that makes me laugh is his bio pick. If you look anywhere, like his, his official yes. team photo, uh, the look on his face, he looks like, 
and maybe I shouldn't stereotype, but he looks like he is the bassist for a screamo metal band. <laughs> you know, and he, and you can go bassist for a screamo band. You can go uh, straight up caveman. Yeah. You, I mean, there's a plethora of options you can have to describe Tanev, and all of them I think would be pretty on point. I think. Well, he, would agree. It's, it's so you have to look. You know, we've tweeted it a few times, but you have to look up. You know, Google Brandon Tanev if you haven't seen this dude yet, and you're a Kraken fan and you're learning. I mean, he's got an awesome. I mean, he's obviously hamming it up for this this profile pick, but it's it's fantastic. So yeah, so he he is your leading goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken four games in. He's got three goals, um, which is good mm -hmm. for now. Do you remember how points work for individuals in the NHL? What, what's a what? Points and assists. Nope, nope. Correct. So you've got goals and assists add up to uh -huh. points. Or sorry, goals yeah, and assists yeah. So for points. I apologize. See, I'm so used to like the NA, the NFL speak that it messes me up when I'm trying to transfer uh, into the NHL. Well, dude, I got to give you credit, man. I mean, you have – if you told me and, you know, we weren't buds and we weren't doing this podcast together and, and you told me, dude, that you, you were, um, you know, new to the NHL, I, the way that you have just – you dove headfirst into hockey and the Kraken and the NHL. I mean, I would not know that you didn't know squat about hockey, uh, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago or a month ago, because man, you really have uh, come a long way and understanding things really quickly. And you've obviously just you know, totally embraced this thing. So do not feel bad about uh, screwing that up a little bit because I back to that overtime loss thing. That still is weird to me. I've been watching, you know, hockey my whole life and, and that's only been around for maybe like 10 years, I guess. And it's still, still weird. So, um, you know, anyway, so Brandon Tanev is uh, your leading goal scorer. He's got three goals. Jared McCann. I mean, you know, obviously you're not doing stats right now. Obviously, you know, one thing, Joey, to understand, uh, how the team relies on um, a player, right? And who's important, especially because maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit. You know, Joey's, this is his first foray into uh, fantasy hockey. And you're looking at stats, time on ice, T-O-I, right? Okay, that's an important stat because if you look team to team, and especially in fantasy hockey, but just understanding the game, if you're looking at this stat, um, that tells you how important that player is to that team. So, you know, I'm looking, you know, uh, uh, across the way here. And, and would you have any idea who might be the, uh, the leading, you know, time on ice guy uh, per game? Oh man, put me on the spot. Okay. If I, if I had to guess leading time on ice, I don't think it's Jaden Schwartz. I'm going to throw something random out there. I'm going to go with Morgan Geeky. Morgan Geeky. So here's something else as you're learning is typically, uh, and I guess I submarined here, you here a little bit. Uh, no, it's all good, man. I fully admit I don't know anything. So well, <laughs> typically it's a, it's a defenseman, right? So your defenseman, because there's, you know, there's, there's oh, only, wow. you know, there's, there's, there's th uh, three defensive pairs. So there's six defensemen that are out there. You know, you get your four lines, but it rotates between these six. So defensemen play um, uh, more often than forwards. There's more forwards than defensemen on the team, right? So there's less actual shifts for defensemen than there are forwards because you have typically, what, four lines for your forwards and then three for defensemen? Is that how it usually works? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. all right. Yep. Okay. And um, uh, Adam Larson is your uh, leading. What? Yeah, well, because, wow. look, he's – you know, so that's typically that is going to be your defenseman is a defensive dude, right? He's, it's yeah. it's somebody who 
plays stay at home D who's not going to, you know, not, not a, not always a big name in the NHL. There's plenty of guys who are, uh, you know, on, on, on D that are the best defensemen, but also the best offensive defensemen. Right. So, you know, Adam Larson's a, uh, he's a defenseman, man. I mean, he, he's, you know, he, he plays great D so he's, you know, averaging about 17 minutes, uh, per game on the ice. So, uh, but then like Brandon Tanev, you know, he's at 11 minutes and then you look at the forwards, uh, your leading, um, forward is, as far as time on ice is, uh, Jordan Eberle. So, okay. you know, vet, veteran guy. I mean, he's, he's out there uh, a ton and, and he knows what he's doing. So, um, you know, what, what's great about it. And, you know, tonight's another stat. that's kind of interesting too. No, we're going to team stats. If you look at the standings, you're going to see goals for and goals against. And that's pretty, pretty simple. You know, mm-hmm. how many goals has your team scored and how many goals has your, your team uh, been scored against? And uh, there's the differential too. All right. So that's, that's yes. a good indication of like how your team's doing. You know, typically if you're, if you're a really bad team, your goal differential is, is like crazy negative right yeah like like tonight was definitely skewed not in the favor of the seattle kraken and to uh just a seattle sports fan base anything this is to me this ties directly to the seattle mariners because especially over this past season run differential which is the same exact thing but obviously for baseball so the Mariners ended up winning was it just shy of 90 games, 90 games, whatever it was, but their run differential was so, was so bad in terms of it was very, very negative, but that ended up becoming a running joke of the organization and they called it the, the fun differential. So Seattle sports fans will appreciate that. But yeah, tonight was, um, was a knock in the wrong direction with the six, one loss. And that actually was a stat I was looking at prior to the game tonight, just out of cool. curiosity. And then that tanked quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's it is, you know, it, it, so right now they're, uh, I think minus six, uh, uh, I'm looking at it real quick. Uh, where to go? I lost it. It's like minus six or whatever, um, in the gold dif- differential, but you know, had this game not happened tonight, they'd be right at zero, which is, which is solid, you know, especially yeah. for a, a, a good team. So, you know, they're, they can score goals and you know, obviously they got to do some cleanup on the defensive side. So, you know, again, that does kind of skew it, but I mean, overall, here we are four games in They're mm-hmm. one, two and one, um, that, that win in Nashville was awesome. That was their uh, second game in. Um, so they did such a great job. I, I, the, there's so much excitement about this team. The, the buzz is for real. Um, it is a lot of fun to watch and, and I'm excited for the rest of this week. So, you know, as far as what you've seen so far, you're pretty impressed too, right? Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. Obviously I would love a win tomorrow, um, because I would love to see the team bounce back from, you know, a game where, like you said, they came out really flat and also to go home two two and one instead of one, three and one or one, two and two, whatever that scenario would be be much more preferred but more so from a a mentality standpoint i want to see how this team bounces back again there's a lot of games left in the season but this is a very early kind of a test like last um last game on the road you've already logged a lot of miles you know you'll be going home soon like how are they going to come out tomorrow night in new jersey so and you know not a long travel day they're already in philly just cross the river and you're right there and let's let's play some hockey yeah, well, you know, it's, it's they probably stay at the same hotel, I guess, right? Um, you know, tomorrow they're going to be starting Chris Dreger. I mean, they, they have to in goal. Uh, have to. I, I would have to, you know, because you know, and that's typically how it works. Is if you have back to back games, you're doing you know two two goalies. You know, back in the '80s and '90s, it might have been a little different, where 
Like, uh, and that's what's crazy is, you know, ten years ago, even um, if you looked at the 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 goalies on the team, it'd be like Martin Brodeur would play seventy three games or seventy one games, and then the backup would you know would play like you know nine games that sort of thing. But it's it's pretty split now. So yeah, I'd how- imagine. I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. How yeah. is that possible? And you know what? To It's kind of funny because it was almost like foreshadowing for tonight because after um, the last game, so what was it Saturday night, I texted you because I had a question about how how many games does, you know, the starting, the first rotation goalie play before they give him a break because I'm watching that whole game. Um, I was not surprised that the Kraken lost to Columbus because they were not generating any, any offense whatsoever. I yeah. believe um, Gru had like 23 um, saves on the night. He was playing out of his mind. But the late goal that he gives up in the third, then obviously in overtime, I wasn't surprised by that because, again, the Kraken were generating zero pressure on offense, and that loss is not on him. So I'm t- and then I reach out to you. I'm like, how, like, how many games do you put him out there for? Um, especially after performance like that, where it's like you got to give the man a night off. I'm surprised he played tonight. Well, you know, you know, he he had a night off. Um, you know, so like he he's good. I mean, that's that's why that's why that you know, like man, we gotta we gotta ride this guy. I mean, he yeah. he killed it. And as long as you know, they're probably talking to him. They're probably like, dude, how are you? How you doing? Can you do this again? You got it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, so he he's a good goalie. You know, we really have a good goalie in uh, Philip Grubauer. So Gru is awesome and and they're going to ride that as much as they can. So, you know, it depends in it more often than not in the league nowadays, you see pretty even splits uh, with, with teams, but you know, there's some situations where it's just, it's, it's not that way. You know, it's not going to be, like I said, a minute ago back in the eighties, you know, 70 games in a season. Um, because I, I also think too, is, um, it's a different game now. It's faster. It's stronger. It's like intense. You know, it's more intense than it was back in the day. Um, but you know, so we'll see. I think there's just a lot going on. They're trying to figure out who the hell they are. You know, who are who are they on D? Who are they on offense? You know, who who are they in goal? The Kraken still have a lot to figure out. So again, you know, to to be in this 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 shape right now, we're we're doing okay. And you know, so again, as far as the division goes, um, we're in a we're in a good division for us to be competitive you know there's a lot of teams in this division that aren't the best so um you know you know the kraken are gonna be all right and then speaking of that too just to kind of uh, put it out there is uh like i mentioned at the very beginning of the the show here the kraken are in second place and again we've only played a handful of games um the kraken actually have played the most games in the division with four um but you know the flames uh may not be that great they're supposed to be okay the ducks here's what's funny is the ducks are supposed to be trash um but their goaltending's been pretty awesome and and the ducks are looking okay right now which is which is good the sharks are off to a good start i mean every, actually everybody in our division is off to a good start uh the kings were kind of a sneaky pick for this division to do well and so far right now like i mean dude they're they're looking pretty good um one of one of my um favorite players for a long time he's an old dude right he's he's won a stanley cup but uh anze, anze kopitar he mm-hmm. he's your league leader in points he's got this dude's got seven points so he's like i don't even know how old he is i gotta i gotta click on this see how old this dude is he is he's not he's only 34 
Jeez. <laughs> Feel like you've been watching him play for a decade? Yeah, well, I've been for a long time, bro. I remember I remember drafting him in uh in hockey as a like, man, this guy's a rookie. You know, he's gonna be pretty good. It was a long time ago. He also looks like he's about 50. Um, if you look at him. But anyway, the, the Kings are the Kings are doing pretty good. So here's what is funny is like again, we're only a few games into the season, but um you know, like, oh, man, the Pacific Division is not that good. The Kraken should have a pretty easy time. They should be good. It should be playoff bound. I still believe it. But everybody in our division is doing OK. The Golden Knights, you know, they're they they uh, they lost. So, you know, uh, their second game. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We got we got a long way to go. But anyway. this is this is something and it's completely random, but I will share it on the podcast. And maybe one day I can just tell the story. But um, I have never told you this, so I'm excited to see your reaction out of it. I actually have. Um, a story about uh, a couple nights of some serious drinking that I did in New Orleans with Dustin Penner, who I fully understand is a very controversial ex-NHL player that I knew nothing about and uh, got linked up with when he was in New Orleans, I think uh, about six years ago, and had a hell of a weekend drinking drinking with a professional hockey player. The look on your face right now is what? you're like, what the hell? I'll have to tell it like on a, on an actual pod where like, I'm just sharing a story, but yeah, I had a couple nights of drinking with Dustin Penner and uh, holy shit, man, that what? guy can pick out his booze. Well, that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> as far as keep going is like, I just thought you joke. mentioned the King. So, well, that's, well, that's, I totally need to hear the story. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any like you know quick anecdotes about this? Like what you you spent multiple days drinking with him? Yeah, it was a course. It was a course of a weekend. Um, and again, I didn't know, and I won't go too much into it, but I didn't know anything about him. You know, because I don't know anything about hockey. Like everything I'm learning is essentially you know focused around the crack, and it's been over the past couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I got linked up with him when he was in town uh, for a, a buddy of mine, and he was kind of hanging out with these guys that were playing a a show here in new Orleans and um, one, he is fucking massive. Like, so I'm, I'm six, three, about two fifteen, two twenty, Yeah. And he made me feel real small because not only was he taller than me, I would guess about six, five, six, six, but he was just a burly dude, like broad, broad shoulders, missing the front tooth, like the whole nine. And um, the thing um, I really noticed about him was one, he's actually really nice. And I later on found out that apparently he said a bunch of crazy shit online. <laughs> so he's, uh, I don't know. He's definitely a controversial, I guess, uh, individual from what I have seen, but no, I had a great time with him. And, uh, I've also never seen somebody drink that much vodka in my entire life. When I say I watched that man put down, put down an entire ball of gray goose within an hour, like it was nothing. I mean, holy shit. Like he was taking like a red solo cup what? and pouring it like three fourths full of vodka, like splash of OJ would go up back out to the show, come back in 10, 15 minutes later, cup is completely empty. Refill splash of OJ back out to the show, rinse and repeat. And within an hour, that entire ball is gone. And he's not, he's not slurring. He's not even visibly intoxicated on any level. It was just, a, it was a very impressive showing. I've never seen anybody drink like that before. Well, Dustin Penner, like he basically played his whole career in the Pacific Division. Yep. And um, if I, what I remember is, uh, and I, I I looked it up real quick just to see, but I thought he won the Stanley Cup. He's won two. Yeah. Um. So did he? Did he have a Stanley Cup ring on? 
Um, not that I remember. No, in Damn, fact, like, I, I only, I know, I only, I only knew about him winning a couple Stanley Cups because my buddy told me as we were kind of hanging out with him. But they were good friends, and it was just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, this is Dustin. He played in the NHL, blah blah blah. And then you know, after that weekend, I like did some research, and I was like, oh, this guy is, um, constantly in. Um, I guess kind of in on the news cycle on Twitter and whatnot. Anyways, I, I don't, story, know, I don't I even know anything about that. that. I don't even know anything about the uh, the the Twitter stuff. I had no idea. But I also I mean, too, neither. Uh, not until I looked it up afterwards. I don't even. I still don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what he did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm telling you, when he gets when he gets some very rare free time, yeah. just look it up, and you're gonna be you're gonna oh, be uh, very entertained to say the least. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. Like, where's the dirt? Give me the dirt. You know, like that. You know, where's the off ice section here? I don't see anything in here. Where is all this stuff? I'm trying to find. I only got stats. Oh, but he yeah. says he was, uh, yeah, six four and last right. check, 247 pounds. So he's like solid, yeah. probably that. But okay, so just so you know, like in hockey culture, like I don't know if it's because of you know Canadians. I don't. I don't know. Like, look, dude. You know, I've I've grown up with drinking. You know what I mean? Like, I you know I I I drink. Right. I'm not a big guy. Uh, can I drink? Yeah. Am I, am I going to be pounding stuff like crazy? No. Um, but you know, hockey players are known to be able to handle their liquor. You know, mm-hmm. um, I heard, you know, I mean, maybe you caught this as John Butchagross was on, you know, the spit and chicklets podcast, like, uh, last week, two weeks ago. And he was making a joke about how he was spending time with Brett Hall and, uh, Chris Chelios, two legends, legends in the NHL. Um, like on the ice and also off the ice as far as characters go. And the joke was like, yeah, I had a, you know, I had a, uh, went and had some, a beer with uh, these guys after um, whatever to go talk about something. And they made a joke. Like, oh, a, a beer. Right. And they all laugh because those guys probably suck down. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm not even guessing like 10, 15 beers and like probably are totally fine. It's, it's just something. It's just, <laughs> it is something about hockey players. I do not have this level of hockey play. I played like, you know, garbage hockey my whole life. But maybe it's like you get to the NHL and you just like get an extra liver as part of your your contract. I don't know. Well, I like um, that kind of like a like an underlying thing in the contract. I actually, you want to hear my quick theory on it that I just made up in my head? That's completely false. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. because a lot of a lot of the time you associate hockey with a, a cold city or a cold climate. I've lived in cold climates. Like I'm born and raised in Washington State. Lived a lot of years in Colorado. Like you're born and raised in Detroit. Yeah. During the winter, when you're young. You drink, man. Like, what else? What else is there to do? You're gonna sit around and drink and probably play hockey. I mean, even the leagues that you play in are beer leagues. So, yeah, yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, that's what we would do. It's like not not all the time, but we would, you know, crack some beers in the in the locker room after a game, and you know, ha- had a drink. It's just, it's part. It is part of the culture. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I don't even know where the hell we were. We were talking about the rest of the, the, Pacific the division. division. Yeah, and I yeah. interrupted with a Dustin Penner story. So, well, that. no, that was awesome, dude. That's cool. Uh, well. <laughs> Let's start talking about what's going to happen later this week, which is uh, going to be awesome, is your Seattle Kraken finally going to come home. Climate change arena. Yeah, Everybody's excited to see this. I don't know what they're going to be doing. I have no idea. Uh, like, I have no idea what to expect. Like, what are you pumped to see? Oh, what are you man. ready for? You're a native Washingtonian. I mean, do you think the Seattle Supersonics will ever exist in the same arena at some point? That's my big thing. I assume that's part of the plan for this arena. You know, yeah, no, that's a re- that's a really kind of a good question there. So, and you know, I could be wrong on this, and hopefully I'm not. But from from what I remember reading, bringing back the Sonics was kind of tied into this whole deal with bringing the Seattle Kraken to the city of Seattle. So, 
do I think that there is a good chance that one day the Seattle Sonics exist and can share the arena? Absolutely. The Seattle Kraken are already sharing uh, Climate Pledge Arena with Seattle Storm, the WNBA team there, four-time champion WNBA team, like the most successful Seattle franchise that we've had in a while. Nice. Um, minus, you know, the one Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. But yeah, so they are already sharing that arena with them. Um, and a random, uh, a random tidbit of information that I found out. So uh, apparently the construction of this arena has been so groundbreaking and kind of revolutionary. And of course it's attached to Amazon because Amazon's located in the area. Did you know that they have actually been filming the entire construction of this arena and will be releasing it as a movie and streaming on Amazon Prime. Whoa. Okay, so look, yeah. you, you, you've you done this. That's awesome. You've done this research. And by the way, I called it Climate Change Arena, and I apologize for that, but so Climate <laughs> Pledge, you know. So like emitting things into the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to be, by the end of the episode, like I said, it's late. You know, I got three kids. I've been chasing around all day, working all day. Oh, um, but no, like, uh, yeah, by the end of the episode, we call it like, you know, the, no, I can't even think of anything right now. I'm so, hey, to so, your credit, climate change arena rolls off the tongue a lot easier than climate pledge arena. I had trouble enunciating it in the first episode. I, you know, I, I've followed the hockey. I love hockey. But, dude, why is it called? I'm just going to be blunt. Like, I don't know. Like, why is it called climate pledge arena? What's the story behind it? Do you know? I don't know the specifics on it, um, you know, aside from being – uh, I guess the I guess the macro thing that I can say here is they have really gone out of their way to make to make the most eco-friendly, sustainable, um, non-hazardous, environmentally environmentally friendly arena that's existed in humankind essentially. Like they're really really at the forefront um, of this particular type of you know infrastructure. So that there are obviously more specifics on that. Those. Are not the specifics that I have researched yet, but um, but yeah, that, that sustainability and eco-friendly that is at the heart and soul of you know of Seattle and, and Washington State and also of the organizations that are that are attached to this arena and attached to the team. So it just makes sense. Wow. So I I, I literally just went to the website and it is in partnership with Amazon. Mm -hmm. The most progressive, responsible, and sustainable arena in the world. Climate Pledge Arena will serve as a long-lasting reminder of the urgent need for climate action. It might sound ambitious, but that's the point. Yep. Um, there's a countdown on the website, countdown to zero. Um, and they have, and I don't know if that means now, uh, but I, I would imagine eventually, you know, zero single-use plastics, zero waste produced. Zero are, fossil fuels. Yeah, the um, the target goal for that, I believe, is actually 2024. But they are they are working really hard, especially for the plastic use, to to hit that goal by 2024. Wow, that's awesome. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know. Look, maybe opposing teams will do this. I don't know, but that's an easy spot for people to like, you know, rip on the Kraken a little bit. It's like, ah, oh, man, here comes these uh, tree huggers, that sort of stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it is. Like, how would you not immediately want to gravitate towards? you know, the hippie tree hugging, you know, ice hockey team, et cetera, et cetera. Like if I were an opposing fan or opposing player, that's exactly the first thing I'm riffing on because it's kind of a, the natural setup. Is it not? Well, look, look here, here's, here's the, here it is. Here it is right here. I got it. I got it. Okay. So what is a Kraken? A Kraken is a mythical beast from under the sea 
you know, we've seen the Kraken in, you know, all different forms. The form we know it is some sort of, you know, crazy, huge octopus monster, right? And in my brain, the way I put it and think of it is if you screw with the sea, man, if you F with the sea, okay, you keep throwing all your trash in the sea, like we know, we got so much, you know, we got, you know, so much shit being dumped in the sea nonstop. <laughs> Eventually, if you don't have arenas like Climate Pledge Arena and, you know, you idiots over in Las Vegas are just like, you know, pumping plastic cups full of uh, slot machine coins and throwing those <laughs> into the trash and putting them into some giant landfill in the middle of the desert. Like, who? first of all, who cares? What do you get from the freaking desert? Right? Nothing, right? The sea Nothing. has everything. I mean, who doesn't like a big old, you know, salmon or a huge, like, just, you know, right? Going to fish. Orcas. Orcas are fucking awesome. So <laughs> here's... Don't, don't screw with the sea. Because the Kraken will rise and destroy you, right? So yeah. that's the gist here, right? So like exactly. that's why Climate Pledge Arena, let's keep this shit straight. Let's clean up the earth, man. Start, <laughs> start eating clean, you heathen bastards. Let's go. So I've never heard like this being taken into a context of being a total badass. I like the way you completely flipped it on its head. And it's true. Like mess with the Kraken. You're messing with the sea. You're messing with the environment. And we're going to come for you. So, yeah, yeah. Pledge Arena makes complete sense. Yeah. Also, to kick off opening weekend, Coldplay is playing Climate Pledge Arena. They and are. Coldplay is pretty awesome. So that's going to be <laughs> – that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah. uh, that's pretty exciting about it. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on, you know, with teams. And I, I'm going to give credit to – if you watched – if you watched the opening game in Las Vegas, there's a reason why – you kept hearing over and over and over how great the crowd is, how great the arena is, but it's the truth, man. Jesus. They have built such an epic environment there in th four years. Right. And it is like minor league hockey, Joey. I don't know if you know, you know, not it's like any other minor league sport. You got to like, you know, minor league baseball, all sorts of stuff. You got to do crazy shit to get people to come in to watch the game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like minor league baseball. I totally understand. You know, it's exactly. like exactly beer bat night where they have these these things that resemble like the whalebone drinks or these giant empty plastic, you know, tubes that they fill with beer and you get them for like a dollar. So yeah, I'm very well aware of kind of like the tactics <laughs> that are involved yeah. in that. I'm all for it, man. Like bring it on. Well, so like the the Golden Knights in Las Vegas, I mean, they got they got a, they got like drum circles and they got all the it's crazy. If you watch all they got, you know, bands playing, it's just built, you know, the the entertainment capital of the country, right? So Las Vegas, they know how to do it. But if the Kraken can tap into that somehow, right? And and create that, that would be phenomenal. So with that is, you know, every team in the NHL kind of has their own thing there's traditions um there is uh you know like typically like goal scoring songs or traditions um you know like it comes to mind like the blackhawks every time the blackhawks in chicago score a goal i forgot the name of the song i freaking hate it man because i'm not a i'm not a blackhawks fan um i don't hate them as much as i used to but oh, it's some like, chicago area band or whatever no. right? i'm assuming no okay maybe, maybe it is maybe it might maybe it is i don't know but it's like it, i have to find it but it's like uh Every time they score, it's like dun 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 dun. dun. It's I can't explain it. Just, oh, just... okay. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And you want to hear a fan theory that I actually came across today that I want to share with you and didn't know if I was going to get a chance to. And I think yeah. you're going to be super pumped on this. So, um, 
I apologize in advance because I don't remember the username of this person. I came across it on a Kraken uh, Reddit thread. Yeah. And um, so they start doing predictions for the Kraken Goldhorn and the song. And they they are predicting that it's going to be the Tacoma Fairy Horn or, you know, any fairy coming in and out of Seattle, the Fairy Horn, oh, yeah. which will make complete sense and would be amazing. But they proposed that the song following that would be Lithium by Nirvana, specifically the part where he's just like, yeah, yeah. Like, how insane would that be? I mean, listen, I, as a Washingtonian, every time I watch a freaking Mariner, Seahawk, whatever game, I am constantly beat over the head with grunge from the early 90s. And while I am proud of it because it is a staple of you know, a culture or, you know, a part of Seattle's past. Um, it also gets exhausting at points because it's like, Hey, we're more than just, you know, this Pearl jam song I've heard 175 times over the last two months. With that being said, if they were to incorporate something like that into the song, following a goal, I'm all for it, man. That's going to get me jacked up. The crowd's going to be going crazy. So again, this was a fan, a fan kind of a theory that I thought was just really interesting and could actually work. Like I, the person actually like spliced everything together and had like the sound of a shot, you know, um, a, a goal being scored, the horn going into lithium. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I could totally get behind that. <laughs> well, look, man, I'm not from Seattle. I grew up in Detroit, yeah. but I grew up a grunge fan. I mean, I grew up listening to all those bands from Seattle. That's that I grew up on Nirvana. I mean, I grew up like na- name, name, your Seattle bands uh, and I grew up on them. Like I, I, I love it. So like, I'm all for that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 42. I'm right in the wheelhouse of that. You know, I'm dropping dimes on, on not dimes, but I'm dropping money on, uh, um, you know, cracking gear. I'm pumped about that. So like I am in the uh, demographic, right? So appeal to me. I say, go for it. I mean, I'm all about it. It's, it's different too. When like, you know, when you're listening to, I don't know if you listen to the radio still, but you know, every now and then if the, if I can't connect my phone to my car, I'm still listening to the radio, I'll pull up the classic rock station. And then, you know, Nirvana's on, you know, Soundgarden's on classic rock. I'm like, damn it. I'm old, man. And, <laughs> but you know, and you hear these songs and you, you still love them, but there's certain songs that you've heard a million times. You're like, okay, all right. I'm like, I'm going to find something else to listen to. But when you associate that with something you love, like hockey, it's just going to take on a different, you know, uh, uh, aura, right? So, like, you, I think they got to do it. They got to do something with that, you know. And I'd imagine, like, maybe it'll rotate. I don't know. But what's what they need to do, and what they will do, is they'll find something that just happens naturally, organically, right? Which totally fits Climate Pledge Arena. Like, yes. just something, something will happen organically. A tradition will start, and there's traditions all over the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of them. Um, one that's interesting to me, cause as a born and raised Detroit Red Wings fan, you know, you know what their tradition is, uh, in Detroit for throwing, they throw something on the ice. Do you have any idea what it is? Oh man. Um, I'm definitely going to take a stab at it here because I've heard, I've heard of, and I'm not sure which team it is throwing. Is it squids on the ice? Is that a real that's, thing that a team has done? I don't think it's the Red Wings though. I'm it going is. to guess. Wait, it the is, Red Wings are is. squids? That is okay. No, holy, no, it's an, oh, it's an octopus. 
So, so here's the here's the deal: is their their mascot old albums? Like what are, what are they throwing out there? <laughs> uh, yeah, Bob Seger albums. Yep, exactly. Kid Rock. Uh, actually, they just throw Kid Rock on the ice now. It's just a ball with a boss single, just being tossed yeah. out onto the ice. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's an it's octopus, and technically, wow. if you they. I actually saw watch video on TikTok the other day of the uh, dude um, who who from Barstool Detroit, Barstool Sports Detroit. I don't know if it was a guy on their team or whatever, but he, he snuck it in. You know, he snuck he, like you know, you literally have an octopus, um, you know, underneath your shirt in a bag. He had it in his <laughs> belt, right? And I've never actually seen it done, like pulled out. But they they he ra- ran down to the ice. He sat in the lower bowl and they threw it threw it over the ice and he threw it on the ice right in the middle of the warmups or like right when they were about to sing the national anthem and the crowd goes crazy. And the reason why was this, the legend is it started back in the fifties or sixties when um, it took, you had to get eight wins, eight wins to win the Stanley cup. So if you made it in the playoffs, eight wins would get you the Stanley cup. So, so it's kind of like a good luck charm. Cause you're going by the tentacles now. Right, right. Exactly. Okay. So, you got you know eight eight tentacles on an octopus, and uh, that's why they that's a tradition there. So that's what sucks is for the kraken like you can't do that. You can't. No, you, you can't. Cannot God, that would be so perfect. I was just thinking that as you were yeah. sharing that information. And honestly, man, like selfishly, this is why I'm glad that we're doing what we're doing with this podcast because I get to learn stuff like this. But then also people that are listening, you know, if they are along, you know, kind of the same page as I am. They get to learn something like this too. God bless hockey. I mean, the, the fact that that can become a tradition is so utterly insane. Like, yeah, just picturing somebody like filming like a POV style, you know, a, a POV video of him hiding an octopus underneath his clothes, taking it out and throwing it onto the ice is so fucking crazy when you think about it. Like, if you move the, even if, like, even in the context of it, it's insane, but I love it. I think that's great. And yeah, to your point, God, I wish the Kraken could do something like that and not be total ripoff artists. Well, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to figure it out. And things again happen organically. Um, another quick story is, um, I can't think of any other traditions like, I mean, there's a ton of them, but um, back in uh, 1993, uh, the, the Florida Panthers, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head. So the stats could all be wonky. I have no idea. Um, but the Florida Panthers were, I, I think two years into the league, uh, maybe their first year. I don't remember, but they made a run to the Stanley cup finals. Um, and wait, did they win the Stanley cup? No, they didn't. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they, in the, at the beginning of the playoffs, I think it was Scott Niedermeyer, Scott, no, it was Scott. Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm gonna get lost in all the names. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make sure I get this right, just for my own brain here. But anyway, um, the legend is we'll have to Google it later and tweet it later. We need to tweet this, and we need to tweet the video of the uh, octopus being thrown on the ice. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Possible yeah. traditions at Climate Pledge Arena. But anyway, yeah. yes. Florida Panthers getting in the playoffs. They're in some. I forgot where there was. Legend was there was a rat in the dressing room, and it was Rob Niedermeyer. That's who it was. Rob Niedermeyer. Legend has it he killed a rat with a stick in in the in and his, he was so fast with it he just like whacked it just took it out right he he would probably get the he he would probably get the thrown out the league for that now but uh, he killed he killed a rat and the story went viral uh, before viral was a thing in 1993 and for the whole playoff run people threw 
rubber rats on the ice. Oh, <laughs> so oh, they, they were fantastic. tossing like hundreds, if not thousands of like rubber rats on the ice and it completely screwed everything up too. So yeah. Can um, you imagine being the cleanup crew? Like, fuck, we got to go back out there and clean up <laughs> 300 plastic rats. Oh my like, how God. was your night? You know, you get home from work. Like, how was your night, baby? It's like, uh, man, I don't know. Yeah, had to clean up a bunch of rats again. <laughs> like, right. Just imagine explain that to like your significant other who doesn't understand. I don't know. It's just a crazy uh, quote unquote tradition that gets born out of like an isolated incident. And that's again, it's fantastic. And God bless hockey for that. That's yeah. amazing. The Kraken yeah, it, cannot, 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 I repeat, cannot take that tradition from Detroit. As much as I, as much as it would make sense, and I would well, love for it to, because I'm telling you the amount of flack that the Seahawks got for taking the 12th man idea from Texas A&M, which is why they had to rechange it all around to the 12s. I'm not sure if you knew that, but no, that's, that's a very real thing. Like the 12th man exists at Texas A&M football. I and knew the, that. Yeah. And, and, the, and uh, the Seahawks essentially adopted it, call it the 12th man for a while, and then switched it over to the 12s. And the reason why is because they were given a lot of flack for kind of taking that whole thing from Texas A&M, but no one really talks about it because even though it's in the same sport, it's across NCAA to NFL. So that's, I don't, I just don't think that another Seattle um, sports team should be trying to copy any traditions like that. We've already had no. enough shit for it. Like we can come up with our own. No, well, I look, I, I, we'll, we'll figure out what that's going to be in that first game uh, coming up on, on Saturday night, which is that's, and I explained that to you too. Saturday night's kind of like the, the, the night day for hockey, right? There's so there's most games are scheduled on Saturday, like out of the week, like the big nights in the NHL are Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Like a lot of teams play on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and most teams play on Saturdays. Right. Um, which is fantastic. It's so cool. Um, but like Saturday night, it's going to be national television. Um, you know, the first game at climate pledge arena, it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to see, what kind of traditions, what it all looks like, how the ice looks, like what are they going to do? There's just so much there. So, I mean, to be a, a fan who actually gets to go and witness that is going to be, there's only, it's only one time you can have a first ever Seattle Kraken game at home. So you are going to appreciate this random fact that I pulled while researching the uh, Climate Pledge Arena. So first off for hockey, Max attendance, you're looking at just over 17,000. 17,100 seats for a max capacity Seattle Kraken home game. You'll really appreciate this, though, because you mentioned the ice. Did you know that um, how they resurface the ice, they have an on-site cistern that holds 15,500 gallons of water. So they are literally collecting rainwater, which Washington State has plenty of, and they are using that rainwater to resurface the ice as no. part of, swear to God, as part of Climate Pledge Arena. So even how they resurface the ice is environmentally friendly. So there you go. That is, I mean, because I can't imagine what kind of chemicals are in a Zamboni. Uh, you know, even typically. the Zamboni's electric. What? Yes, yeah, swear <laughs> to God. Swear this to God. Is, I'm, I'm into this, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> look, look, I'll Your be frank. Blown it's, right now. I, my mind I was blown. blown. I'm reading all this and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into this, you know, look, I'm going to be frank is if my wife wasn't around, my kids would be eating like chicken nuggets and Mac and cheese every night. But you know, my, my diet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but my wife, you know, my, we have, you know, three kids and um, six and twin four-year-olds. Like 
she has them eating the best like food organic this like like two ingredient this and it's all delicious stuff yeah. and you know like we're thinking about all these things like how are we treating our bodies you know what are we taking in all that sort of stuff and like it turning into the environmental stuff like i did not think about this but this is this is the way this is the way we're going to live i mean first of all it's the way we're going to exist um you know in 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 20 30 years it's going to be the norm so any team that comes in trying to like totally rag on anything that we do at climate pledge arena because we're environmentally friendly if they think that if they come at us i'm telling you man the kraken will be unleashed that's what's going to happen so um, I'm pretty pumped about that, but yeah, uh, no, you're totally right. And really quick, I was just going to say, and that goes to the point of what you first kind of read when you go on the, when you go on the website is they acknowledge that it is aggressive, but that they also need to be. And I feel like they're, you know, all jokes aside, doing a damn good job of trying to do the best that they can and making sure that they are staying committed to that, to everything, um, on every aspect of the arena and the team, including, using freaking rainwater to um you know to resurface the ice in an electric zamboni which when you think about it you're like that it's it's crazy and i'm and i'm excited for it so well here's here's the thing that sucks though there's it's a two-way street man it is a two-way street it's a double-edged uh environmentally friendly sword um because you know the opposing team if, if I'm, you know, I, I live in the social media world I, I, and, and I, I kind of think in memes, unfortunately. Um, but if I'm the opposing team's fan and I'm at Climate Pledge Arena, I'm looking for that employee that is tossing a bunch of plastic bottles in a trash can or setting <laughs> fire to <laughs> tires in the back. You know, like I, I'm, I'm looking for those instances where they're because, look. They said it's not going to be totally environmentally friendly or, or like zero waste until, you know, 2024. Yep. So there's going to be some gnarly incidences of like piled up nacho cheese trays that <laughs> just get tossed in the incinerator. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I maybe, and I, you know, like, I don't, I, I don't think we have a ton of listeners just yet, but you know, if I'm a Las Vegas golden Knights fan or somebody traveling to Seattle to watch a game, I'm got the phone out and I'm like going to be tweeting like we're in climate pledge arena and look at this, they're throwing this stuff in a garbage truck this is terrible so it's a it's a two-way street got to be careful got to make sure like anything that you're doing that's not environmentally friendly has got has got to be um uh, dude and another thing i'm thinking about too and maybe i'm just i'm getting pumped here is like all right as a dude going to the well anybody i mean male female going yeah, to the bathroom as a human being yeah, as a human being going to the bathroom at sports arenas is a is a terrible experience for the most part right it's just not it's just not that great. Well, especially I, if you're, oh, well, okay, I don't want to knock on, for, for, I guess I can say not especially, particularly the male experiences, especially at a sporting event, right, or a stadium, we you're essentially easy. pissing into a trough. I mean, like, yeah. they line you up like freaking pigs, and you're, you're all just pissing into the same thing. It's usually yeah, muggy in there. Everything is sweating. Like the people are sweating. The walls are sweating. <laughs> like the stalls, everything, everything is just covered. There's a nasty smell. And you know what? I'm sure women have to have to deal with a lot more uh, too. But it is it is a disgusting, do. disgusting experience. No, I mean I grew up uh, going to Joe Louis Arena with the Red Wings uh, used to play in, and it literally was that. I remember the first time I went as like a 14 year old or 13 year old there, and I was like, I got stage fright. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I. Yeah, like I had to I had to I had to go. And I was like, you know, there's these dudes over there like right next to me. It's like home. 
wait, that guy, wait, we're just stepping up to the plate here, and there's everybody's got, <laughs> everybody's got their everybody's got their bats out, and I'm like, what? Yeah. whoa, you're just I pulling can't... out and doing your thing. Some I, guys I, got octopus in their clothing, yeah. like you don't know what's going on. <laughs> I had to wait for some dude to finish up after he took down his you know twelfth coney dog from Detroit, you know, blowing up the. <laughs> Blowing up the traditional, you know, bowl. And I had to like, you know, go in there and brave that instead. So oh. like, well, I say all that because like, I wonder if the bathrooms at Climate Pledge Arena are just like beautiful, like lush garden landscapes. And you're like, maybe you're like peeing into a tree or something like that. Like you're in nature. Could you imagine that? It'd be like, so what funny, if like a bathroom, like a, just a giant tree in the middle and you're just like, <laughs> with the soil. <laughs> yeah. Like what if you like open the door to the bathroom and you're just like outside <laughs> you're like go find a tree and come back come on back they, go find a tree man totally cool. sell me on it too like at climate oh, yeah. arena we're so eco-friendly that when you use the restroom you're really just opening a door to outside where there's a bunch of trees and you just pick your spot it's like man um yeah, you, nature. Me. like this is the way of the future <laughs> this is the way i will be so disappointed that the bathrooms are not just opening the door and just being like you open it's like that what's that that's that song that always gets played when it's like morning like and you're like yes does that make I know exactly sense what you're talking about yeah 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 exactly you know what i'm talking about you don't have to agree it's all good all right so <laughs> all right so but I, that I totally think it needs to go that way. So I'm all in. I am all in on Climate Pledge Arena, and I can't wait to see it uh, this Saturday night. So um, I, I do want to take a second here and and make sure that we uh, thank DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring this show, What Lies Beneath, and, uh, of course, our uh, you know Hockey Podcast Network, too. So, um, look, man, I, I, I don't – I don't gamble on sports, but I'm so close to, to downloading this this app. I totally want to do this. So NHL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting partner of the NHL, they've got you covered. New customers can bet just five bucks on any NHL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's that's awesome. Wow. Uh, so here's 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 the deal. It's very simple. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and then use promo code THP. N. That is the Hockey Podcast Network, which we are a proud part of. THPN. Bet just five bucks, five dollars on any NHL team to win their game and win two hundred dollars in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Now, here's the rules, man. You have to be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you got a gambling problem, please take it seriously. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. So thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I might have to take that, uh, that deal. Not too bad. Um, but I actually should not because, well, man, I will still do that, but fantasy <laughs> hockey, man, <laughs> fantasy hockey, dude, we got to talk about something big here. Yeah. Well, Joey up? is new to fantasy hockey, new to NHL hockey, new to Seattle Kraken hockey. 
and you are talking to in the league that I've been in for almost 20 years. Yes, sir. After week one, your league leading, your league leading fantasy team. And uh, what is the name of your team, by the way? It's Release the Kraken. Come Release on, the now. Kraken. I know. You're seven and two. Seven, uh, two, and oh. I'm three, five, and one. Trash, mm-hmm. garbage, absolute trash. <laughs> um, Joey, you've got a really good fantasy team. You're you're doing great. You're off to a great start. You're literally leading the league. Yeah, it feels really good. It will be short lived. Um, nope. It, no, I no. Listen, here's I'm being, it, I'm being honest. Wonder why? Because being, Rob is out. He's out, and that's my main guy. And he's he's he's, and you know what? I, let me. And this is why um, fantasy hockey is important, which is why you also wanted me to join the league. So again, I can continue to learn about the NHL and hockey as much as possible, right? So in this particular league. Um, it is a dynasty or a keeper league. So I kept Nikita Kucherov, the forward for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very, very, very talented score. Top five, out, top five player in the league. Yeah, top absolutely. player in the league, right? Yeah. Um, this, but was this, also this, coming was also coming off coming off an injury. Was supposed to be good to go. Played one, maybe two games this season, and now has a lower body injury and is having surgery again. And will be out for an undisclosed amount of time. My question: surgery? Oh shit! Yeah, no, it's it's not good. Um, I did pick up his backup though, so I'm trying to pay attention to to what's going on in the league as much as possible. My question is: is this? And I think people that are listening will will appreciate this question. Can you can you explain how the NHL prides itself on its capital? for every team and how that creates parity across the league and the discrepancy with playoff hockey, because apparently teams can just fucking sign players willy nilly. And it, there's like some sort of weird loophole that Tampa Bay has taken advantage of and other teams have in the past as well to kind of pump up their roster for the playoffs, because I don't understand that. And people are upset over the Nikita situation because they brought him back for the playoffs. And then they end up winning the cup again. So I'm not sure how much information you have on that, but I know there's like some weird rule in the NHL that applies in the playoffs and teams take advantage of it consistently. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Tampa Bay lightning, um, they, they've won two Stanley cups in a row. Um, they're your defending Stanley cup champions. They, they, you know, odds on favorite to win the cup again, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so a three Pete and yeah, that was kind of like the underlying, um, you know, rib against them when they won this past year was that they were $18 million over the cap. And, uh, you know, they did that by pulling the strings. Now I'm going to be honest, man, is, um, you know, I, I pay attention to hockey, uh, the money stuff and all that, you know, I'm not the best with, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they did it. I don't know exactly what they did. Um, I'd imagine, and this is just a pure guess. I'm just going to be, you know, frankly honest is that probably just, you know, had to do with, Maybe the, you know, the IR, I really don't know how they um, pulled that off, but you know, I don't know. At the, at the end of the day, like, you know, if, if, if teams can still, if teams can, any team can do it or figure out a way to do it, eh, it's obviously within the rules and you know, why, why not? You know, and Tampa did it and look, it's not like, it's not like you took, you know, the Buffalo Sabres and did these shenanigans and you took a, a basement dwelling team 
which by the way, the Sabres are off to an amazing start. They actually are off to a really good start this year. Yeah. So we can't really even be talking about, about them right now. <laughs> well, some, I mean, they really, they got, they got a shit. So shit show going on, but like if the Sabres, you know, did some like a uh, couple of cool little moves behind the scenes and then boom, like they won the Stanley cup, then there you go. But like, you know, it's like, kind of like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an analogy here, but uh, you know, you take a team that's already probably going to win a championship or close to it. And then you do a couple of things and, and, you know, there you go. So look, they, the, 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 the lightning didn't have an easy road to the Stanley cup. I mean, um, they went to seven games against the, you know, what the, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, they, uh, who did they play in the finals? I'm totally blanking out. Um, was it the Knights, the Golden Knights? No, I'm, no, it was I'm totally, it was, I'm totally blanking out. It's getting, no worries. Late. It's getting, um, late. But, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got it. We have to figure that out. That's a good thing that to, I really do want to understand what the hell that, you know, um, what happened with that. But, um, you know, I think back to the fantasy sports thing, uh, the fantasy hockey thing is you're going to be fine. You know, I think what's great is, um, your goaltending. I'm very jealous of, you know, your two teams, you've got the uh, Minnesota wild and, uh, you're, you've got the Nashville predators. And like I told you, they're traditionally really good defensively. Um, and the wild, I guess I, I didn't pay enough attention to them. I should have totally drafted the wild every year. The wild have great goaltending. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, they're also a really good team this year. Like the wild could be, you know, they're like a dark horse Stanley cup favorite, I guess. So, yeah, you know, it, you know, you, you don't have Nikita Kucherov in your fantasy lineup, but you've got a lot of players that are good. I saw you, you signed, you signed Brandon Tanev today. I did. I did jump on the, on the hype train for Tanev and I, and I added him to my roster. So that was fun. I though. didn't start him for this week, but I did add him and I'll see how he continues to do. He's off to, you know, the hot start with the Kraken, but we'll see. He he'll can he'll keep it rolling. He'll be good. And then that's that was a good signing. I, I had my eye on him too. So um, you know, you're gonna be great. I think uh you're off to a really good start, dude. I mean, honestly, that's that's a great thing. So um, you know, you you're you're doing pretty well. You're you're catching on quick in, in fantasy hockey, so good for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I kind of use a, a cheat code and one anybody that's getting into the sport. Um, obviously the season has already started, but I know for a fact, like just like fantasy football or basketball or whatever sport you play, there are leagues that you can join a week or two, however long into the season. So if you yeah. really don't care about that and you just want to learn, just sign up somewhere and do it for free. I highly encourage it. Um, it, it is a lot of, it, there is, there's a lot going on. So if you don't have the time to pay that much attention to it, then join a league for free and just have some fun with it. But it's been awesome, man. I kind of used the cheat code. All I did was Google, you know, best way to draft fantasy hockey 2021. And it gave me a list of guys that I should target by round. And so then what I did was I already had Nikita Kucherov and I knew I had the fifth or sixth overall pick. And so then what I did was I, I mapped out every single one of my picks. And then I looked at that list and said, well, according to this list, these guys should be available, but let me get a little bit of aggressive and go eight spots higher than where I am actually drafting and see if those guys are getting skipped over for whatever reason, like they're coming off an injury or there's like, you know, COVID protocols, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I did for the entire thing. So I, I kind of had it mapped out who I was going to grab, even though I have no idea who the hell the players are. And um, when it was my turn to pick, I made a move on those guys. And so far it's panning out. Dude, you know, look, everybody does the same thing. So I, I, I got to find out next, next year. I got to find out uh, what, 
what uh, media outlet put that list out and then <laughs> totally yeah. uh, borrow that same one because that, yeah. that's it. That's, that's exactly what you try to do. And, and there's, um, you know, there's that, that's awesome. So, you know, good, good for you. I, I think you're off to a great start and you drafted correctly and you, you, you did great. So, and that, it is fun, you know, like, and you should enjoy it. You're in the lead and now you can watch that day to day. And what's really neat to watch is because it, it tracks stats in real time. Um, you should totally, you know, try to, um, follow that like on a Saturday, like have it popped open and, and or pop open the app and um, just watch as the the stats pile up. It's pretty cool to watch. I'm getting, I'm bracing myself mentally to get to that point. I'm still having a hard time watching the crack and play and engage with people live time via Twitter because the game for me moves so fast because I still have so much to learn. So I feel like half the time I'm just trying to research something or I have a question on something. And then by the time I look up, it's been, you know, two more minutes of actual game time and I've missed out on, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting there. I'm, I'm working my way up to it. Once I'm more comfortable with the speed of the game and have better understanding, I'm all over it. So, uh, you know, as we wrap things up on the, the show, um, you know, what do you have any questions? Cause again, this is a podcast that's, you know, if you're new to hockey, that's what we're here for. Um, and talking with the, the Kraken, like what, um, what have you noticed? Do you have any observations from games? You know, did you have any questions about anything that you need to understand? We did talk about the um, overtime loss and, uh, you know, the three on three moving into yep. you know, shootouts. Uh, what have you noticed? Do you have any questions, anything that's weird that you wanted to you know, ask about? Well, I quickly noticed that overtime, basically in the NHL, shit gets real, real quick because you have the off the top of my head. Correct me if I'm wrong here. First overtime, it's three-on-three with a five-minute period, and it's golden goal. So whoever scores the first goal, it's game over. Yeah. Which just reminded me of playing, you know, GoldenEye for N64 with, like, the golden gun. So I totally understood. I totally understood that. I did write down two questions. What is forechecking and what is cross-checking? And can you tell me the difference? Because cross-checking, it seems like, gets referenced in a lot of penalty calls and for checking i just see people make comments a lot when i'm watching a game being like oh the kraken are you know they're being more aggressive with their for checking this game etc cetera, etc cetera. so i have no idea what the hell that means so if you want to lay some knowledge on me by all means dude that that's a great question that is great because it sounds like you know two two things that you get your ass kicked in right you know for checking and cross checking but it's actually two different things um and you 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 kind of you know nailed it is uh uh, forechecking is more of a uh, strategy, uh, uh, play, uh, an action, right? Um, mm -hmm. And cross-check, cross-checking is a penalty. Cross-checking is something you do if you get caught. Um, so let's start with that. Um, cross-checking is if you hit another player with your stick um, and you, you, you have two hands on your stick. So imagine you're holding on to, imagine you're like, uh, you know, at your uh, parents' house and you're using the guest shower and they got that shitty um, curtain shower curtain up there and the fucking shower curtain comes down. Right. And cause they don't have it secured. Right. Cause nobody's taking a shower there in a year except for you. Right. So yes. um, it comes down and you grab it with two hands as it comes down and you're kind of holding it, um, you know, with your arms stretched out, kind of like uh, almost okay. like a re reverse Simba, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a naked reverse Simba. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> That's the kind of the pose of like, imagine you have your hands on your hockey stick like that. So typically where that happens is um, a defenseman's in front of his net, right? So Mark Giordano's in front of Gru and he's trying to push 
players from the other team who are trying to score goals out of the way. So he's cross-checking them, just two two hands on the stick, just push, push. Okay. You can see me right now. We're, you know, we're looking at each other right now, but like, I'm going to take my stick. I'm pushing you away like this, right? So like I'm holding and I'm using it as like a bar and I'm pushing it away. If I get caught like drill and lots of times, especially if you're a stay at home defenseman, which means you, you stay at home in front of your net. That's where your home is. So you're staying in your zone. Yeah. Go to your home. Yeah. Uh, There's a a happy Gilmore um, hockey reference. Um, But like you're like anybody who comes into your crease, like in front of your goalie, you get them the hell out of there. So there's a lot of cross-checking that goes in there. Watch that. Uh, When a team is in the offensive zone and they're working the point and maybe it's like on a power play or maybe they're just, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure coming from the team. You'll notice those defensemen in front of the net. They're constantly pushing guys out of the way. And uh, that's where cross-checking gets called a lot. So if you get, if you are really blatantly, you know, bashing your stick into somebody's back um, or worse, you're going to get called for the cross-check, right? And uh, right. that's new this year too. Like for I, I've, uh, a few years, I, I don't know how long it wasn't called, I guess. I, I don't know what the new rule is, but that's a penalty, okay? Cross-checking Wait, so is I a penalty. I have a quick question on that before I forget things. I think people are going to have the same question that I do now, which is, so this is, is this a totally subjective call then? Like, like if I have two hands on my stick and I'm cross-checking someone to get them out of my zone, right? Like I'm playing D or whatever, like any scenario where I'm doing that, what's the difference between I'm doing that and it's legal or I'm doing that. Now I'm going to the box. Uh, getting caught. Interesting. Okay. So really just positioning yourself on the ice. Maybe the refs can't see you. Maybe there's other men close by, et cetera, et cetera. Cause you're not technically supposed to be doing that. Yeah. 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 So like, you know, this, this is another good question is there are unwritten rules about penalties too. So like, typically it's just like any other sport is if you, if the refs don't see it, it doesn't, you know, you don't get, you don't get called. Um, okay. You know, that that can happen with too many men on the ice. Sometimes there's too many men on the ice and they don't call it or, you know, the refs are human. They don't see stuff. And sometimes there's guys who are just really good at doing, you know, bad shit and um, they can get away with it. Right. So there's tons of stories from hockey players about guys who are just like dirty, right. So like the dirty players are the guys who are throwing cheap shots when the other guys, when the refs aren't looking. So, but you know, with, when it comes to being subjective in the uh, NHL, when it comes to, or hockey really is one thing that's kind of interesting is, and this happens a lot in the playoffs is if let's say if it's a blatant, horrible penalty, you know, like you cross check somebody in the back of the neck and they went down and they're bleeding. You're getting a penalty, right? Yes. But let's say it's something like um, just, you know, uh, maybe it's a, a light cross check or something that's not totally crazy, but you get called for it. Well, like in the playoffs, typically, like if, say, the Kraken are playing the Knights, the Golden Knights, and the, the Kraken have a penalty called against them and one of the Kraken go to the box, right? Typically, the Golden Knights are on the clock to get a penalty. The refs typically in the NHL and especially in the playoffs will go back and forth to make sure oh my that God. it's even, right? Like wow. they will be they will be looking, and it's an unwritten rule, but like they'll be looking, they'll be looking to make it up. So like, you know, that nobody so crazy to me. Nobody wants to nobody wants to win a game, you know, or a ref doesn't want to be the the scapegoat. They don't um, want to be the reason the game is called a certain way. They don't want it to be on them. 
Yeah. Like, again, if it's like a blatant, you know, like your your guy was just a complete asshole and did something crazy, um, then they're going to call a penalty. And then there's going to be no makeup for that because it was blatant. But there's times where it's just like, OK, that's a penalty, a trip or something like that. All right. Yeah. Pen- well, you can be sure in the next five, 10 minutes, the other team's going to get one. So See, that, that lets me know in my mind and I'm maybe a shitty person for admitting this. I know exactly the type of player I would be then. I'm the type of player where, like, if my team gets called a penalty and let, let's say we're playing in a playoff scenario and I know internally that the other team's going to get called for something, yeah. you know what I'm doing? I'm probably laying some cheap shit down. Not nothing too, nothing too crazy, but I'm definitely taking advantage of that little loophole when the refs aren't looking. Maybe I'm cross-checking somebody. Maybe I'm, oh, yeah. you know, just interfering on a play when I shouldn't be, et cetera, because I have a little bit – I can worry about it a little bit less. It's like when you're speeding and – um you're doing 85 and a 70, but you're driving right behind a car that's doing 86. Like, yeah. who's going to get pulled over? D- yeah, dude, that's a great analogy. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. That's awesome. That that's so, spot on. There's there's a right. lot of subjective uh, calls in in hockey. Um, and real quick, the four check. Four so, yes. So if um, let's say yeah, yeah, okay. So like you know how like if um the Kraken are dumping it into the uh, crack to the, the golden Knights zone, right into the offensive zone. And they are uh, sending it across the center ice. And sometimes you'll hear like, okay, they're, you know, they're dumping it in and they're going for a change. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or they dump it in to relieve pressure. And then it's kind of wait for the golden Knights to come up uh, the ice. Right. And actually yeah. this is a good way to talk about it because you heard John Butchagross say a ton is the Knights are so good in the transitional game, transitional game, which means going from defense to offense, right? So, like, that's yeah, that where... things out of their zone quickly, and now they're on the offensive, and they're pushing the puck up the ice. Right, which is why you heard the uh, fans saying the, the Kraken need to forecheck, which means instead of letting them play tic-tac-toe starting from the D, like, you don't let those defensemen breathe. And you send your forwards flying in after them. So the forecheck is like you you forward checking, like you go up there, like the you know, your offensive players are are putting pressure on the defensive guys with the puck from the other team. Right? Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, you'll you'll so when you notice that, like when and that's something I used to love to do, actually, because uh I, I was not not a great hockey player, but I I could skate very fast. Um, so what I like to do when I played hockey was I love that. I love to play shorthanded. Do you know what shorthanded means? Uh, no, I do not. So being shorthanded is when you are the team that is down a man. Okay. Yeah. Like a short, okay. A shorthanded goal. I did know what that meant. Like if it's, you know, if it's a power play in the opposite, right. And you're on the there, you have four guys in the ice. They have five, you score. That's a shorthanded goal. So I used to love the four check. I used to love on, on the penalty kill. Because, you know, it was like, you know, five on four, right? So one of our guys is in the box. And typically you have three of your skaters, say, uh, out of the four that are, are concentrating on defense. Then you've got one skater who's typically kind of like roaming, you know, and putting pressure on the other team. And that's where shorthanded goals come from is you've got somebody who's just, you know, being uh, a pest. And I used to love that because like, especially when I got into the beer leagues is I could skate, you know, pretty decently. I, there's a lot of things I couldn't do, you know, for shit. Um, but I was pretty decent at, um, you know, if the puck, if we would dump it down and the, the defenseman would grab it, 
I would chase the shit out of these guys. And I love to like try and make them cough it up and then try and get a shorthanded um, chance on that. So, so this is just like in basketball when they do a full court press. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I could have just saved like 10 goddamn minutes. <laughs> and hey, said I just, that. I'm trying to put it into terms that I understand <laughs> and hopefully people that, you know, are learning with, with me, uh, not, not with us really, but yeah. with me, what what that is so yeah that's what it sounds like a full court press instead of letting them like you said play tic-tac-toe and get the puck up the ice the forwards are now acting more like defensemen because they're going up there pestering these guys and they're trying to get them to essentially where they either can't get the puck up the ice which allows i guess you're kind of settled defensively or maybe they even make a mistake and uh, they turn the puck over they um whatever so i I understand Yep, it's it, it takes a lot to make that happen too. So um, yeah, I believe of- that the the freaking skills of every individual in the NHL to handle the puck it blows my mind. I mean, I've watched more hockey in the past week and a half than I have in my entire life, and the first thing I, that I really have noticed is just holy hell, their ability to handle the puck. And I mean, it's like it's on a string. It's yeah. just it's so crazy. And obviously, you have players that are better than others at it, but. It is just, uh, it's so impressive what they can do out there. Wait till you see it in person and you can really see how fast they move it. And then like at some point as we grow this show, you and I got to get together and and pass the puck around a little bit, you know, and we can't, we can't do do that. And you'll, you'll appreciate, like, I'll show you like, you know, have you ever done that? I've literally have never done that. And we can make sure that we record it so we can get lots of content of me just <laughs> having no idea what is going on while you school me. Well, I mean, there's going to be no, it's just, it's just like, you'll get to experience like this is a hockey puck, how much it weighs and how they're flinging this thing around effortlessly, which goes back to uh, what's his name? Who, who were you drinking beers with? Dustin Penner. Dustin Penner, and you say how big the guy was and how big his hands were. Terrifying. These Terrifying. guys just like rip a phone book in half if, you know, phone books were still a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, like he, so like that's just like these, these guys, like they, forearms of steel, like they just flip these things around. So we've got to do that just so you can kind of appreciate like uh, how hard the, the game is for these guys and how effortless they, they make it seem, you know. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's forechecking, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a great question. Forechecking versus cross-checking. Um, is there anything else? No, that that those are my those are my questions for this week. I will certainly come back with some questions next week. The more I watch, the more questions I have, and I'm also making sure that I'm asking questions that I believe other people are trying to get an understanding of as well. So now that I have an idea of what forechecking is and kind of you know, equated it to uh, like a full court press in basketball, I'll be able to actually see that on the ice. And that completely changes the way I see the game. So if I can do that a little bit at a time and start piecing it together, hopefully by the end of the season, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Well, you know, the same for me, man, is like, look, um, like I said, I've watched hockey my whole life and um, big NHL fan, but there's still a lot of stuff that I don't, you know, no, I, I don't pay attention to everything that happens in the league. Um, I'm really into it this year, so I'm really paying attention. Um, so I'm learning too, man, which is neat. So it's it's fun to to watch this. And and I'm excited that, you know, we actually have, which is cool, our first review that uh shocker wasn't us, you know. I mean, I may I may have rated my own podcast and likewise. Uh, <laughs> podcast. There's no shame in that, you know. I mean, but there really isn't. I need to give uh credit to 
And if you've made it this far and you're still listening, you are definitely uh, a super fan of this show. Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's, there's three super fans of this show. Um, OG and Death Star. Yeah, OG Death Star left this review. Kraken Nation baby. Uh, I know a little bit about hockey and a couple of guys on our roster, but but no need to worry. These guys have some awesome commentary, and I learned quite a bit, not just about the team, but about the game itself. You guys got yourselves a new listener. A new listener cannot wait for more episodes. So uh, here you go, OG Death Star. This is uh, episode number two. Shout out to you. Thank you for that review. Five stars, and um, you know we re- really appreciate that. So if you can, um, please, please, please leave those reviews. Um, you know uh, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us. And then also to at Kraken pod on Twitter, all the social media. Um, we've been having a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, thanks to all of our Twitter followers who interact with us there. And uh, you know, we've been having a lot of fun. I will say to you, Joey, is I think you should not put too much pressure on yourself to tweet during <laughs> every <games>. game. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I know I can't tweet during every game, um, yeah. uh, but you know, I, I do love it, but dude, like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Just enjoy it, man. Just enjoy watching the game. You know, don't worry about having to throw those tweets out there. Like, don't don't miss that stuff because it's so much fun to watch and um, you're going to learn so much. So, you know, look, Twitter will will always be there, man. But just, Joey, you got to just watch those cracking games and enjoy it, especially uh, this Saturday when they open up at home at the Climate Pledge Arena. Not climate change arena, but you know Not, what? Same thing. So. <laughs> no, rem- and remember, dude, I cannot. I hope they find do a story about the bathrooms there, which I, you know, I, I, I they got to be epically awesome. So if they if they didn't do your idea, you just open the door and you're pissing on a tree outside. I think they really dropped the ball there. But everything else sounds pretty sounds pretty oh, good. <laughs> I'm gonna leave a bad Yelp review for them if they don't have that. I, I will. I'm a Seattle Kraken fan, dude, but I'm gonna I'm coming for you, Climate Pledge Arena. Okay, get those trees out there. <laughs> So Absolutely. anyway, no, you, you nailed it. And uh, yeah, thank you for, for all the lessons. And, and also like you mentioned earlier, if anybody has made it to this point in the podcast, thank you as well. You were a super listener. We appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah. You're a beast, Joey. Keep it up. Uh, I, 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 it's hard to believe that you're a new hockey fan because you sure know what you're talking about, dude. So let's, let's, let's uh, get some wins cracking fans. I'm hoping uh, we walk away with a New Jersey win and we, uh, uh, beat the Vancouver Canucks uh, at home. A nice uh, Pacific Division matchup. So let's go, Kraken, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>